1: The Audio Vault on 941 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. This is The Blitz here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. What a day. What a day. It always is, and the NFL is always kind of taking center stage and especially the Dallas Cowboys as the NFL Combine is taking place in Indianapolis this week. And of course, we always await the Joneses, Stephen and Jerry, and when they're going to say something and talk about their team and what they plan to do in the offseason. Well, today, Stephen Jones met with the media and uh ESPN's Todd Archer had a front row seat i suppose there was steven jones he joins us now on the buyer's barricade guest line and todd appreciate you taking the time to to come on with us today um just your initial thoughts on what steven had to say He talked about a variety of things and I, i'm not sure we got a clear answer on anything <laughs> correct that was, that's what i was just going to say clear as mud uh
0: I, I, you know he, he didn't want to go and understandably so he didn't want to get into any of the negotiations are going to be come up with Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, all these guys. Uh, doesn't feel like it does anybody any good to to mention where they are or hopeful or anything like that. So he kind of steered clear of it. But one thing that I asked, the two things that I asked him that I was curious about is can the Cowboys do what they want to do in free agency without extending Dak's contract? And he said yes, there are still ways they can, they can get money from Dak's deal by restructuring it with the two voidable years that remain beyond 2024. So that can get them some money, and then because Dak has the no trade clause and the um, the no trade clause, and what's the other one? They can't use the franchise tag on him. As he started to think about the possibility that this could be Dak's final year in Dallas, and he didn't want to go there at all and think about that. He's like, "Our only focus, right, is to make sure Dak is a Cowboy." So, you know, we knew they we know they want to keep Dak. And have them be their quarterback, it's hard to find them as we know, quarterbacks across the NFL. But it, when, you, when you're talking to the prices that it's going to take, there's a lot of things that they have to go through to, to get there. It's not just the simple, okay, you want X? Okay, here's X. Let's give it to you. They, they have to think about everything else uh, that, that plays into that decision that affects the entire
1: roster. Well, Todd, here, here's the question. With the contract that Dak got, and it took so long to get there, a couple of franchise tags, and then uh, it was more expensive than perhaps it, it, it could have been had they done it a little bit earlier. That's, you got to figure that's got to be in the back of their mind, number one. And number two, I mean, this contract that Dak has, he's got all the leverage, it seems. And you got to figure the Joneses don't want to do that again.
0: Right, well, there's nothing that they can – they can do about that, right? They, they can't take back the, the tag part of it or, or the no trade clause out of it. So uh, they have to deal with this. this is the bed that they've made. The one thing I would push back on is when people say the Cowboys waited too long to sign back, they didn't wait too long. They tried to sign them. They made legitimate offers. They made the same offers that, that Wentz and Goff got in, in Philadelphia and with the Rams, $32, 33000000 90 some odd million guaranteed uh, right around there. And it, and it never got done. Um, and this is where people don't give Dak credit for waiting, and, it, and it's always blaming the Cowboys for not doing what they should have done. Dak waited and won. He he, he played. He he took the risk of an injury even uh, in 2020, and he still got paid the 40 million a year, 65 million dollars signing bonus, 160 million. So that's the one thing I push back on uh, about wh- what happened with, with the last. Negotiations, but I think with this one, look, they they have to start asking themselves the question: If a guy is in year eight or nine and he's never taking you to a NFC title game or a Super Bowl, is he going to do it in years nine, ten, eleven, and twelve? You have to ask that question, and you know I, I I don't know how how they would answer that, to be honest with you, because he's not done it doesn't mean he can't do it, but there's a lot of evidence of Dak in the playoffs struggling and. I don't know how you get over the top, other than just finally getting over the top. And if you're going to make fifty, fifty-five, sixty million a year, whatever it is, it's harder to construct a roster around a quarterback when you have guys like C.D. Lamb. You got to pay Michael Parsons. You got to pay. So there are decisions. You know, th- there's a trade-off that that happens that they have to balance all those things out. And it's it's
1: it's not as easy as people think, in my mind. Well, you have to be a genius, I think, to figure out the salary cap and how to get around all that stuff. And and I will give Dak credit as we visit with Todd Archer, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for ESPN, uh, because, I mean, he's a smart guy. But when I look at what he wants to do here, if they end up extending him and giving him a, a, a new contract or, or whatever the case may be, I have to figure that Dak, in the back of his mind, is thinking, this is my last best chance to get a big haul of money. And I think he holds out again, or, or at least demands a, a bigger contract. What, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's already made generational wealth, right? <laughs> yes. I think we can put that away with, with the $160 million that he's going to be making here. Um, and, and now it turns into, well, I, can, I don't know what's beyond generational wealth. Um, <laughs> but he's made a lot of money in, in, in ads and endorsements and things like that, too. And I'm not, you know, he should go for whatever he thinks he's worth. That's, I mean, that's the way it is in the NFL, right? Um, and, and if, and if he wants fifty, fifty-five, sixty million dollars, hey, man, that's that's all well and good. And if the Cowboys want to pay for you, that's the way the system and the market works, and that that's how you should go about it. But he also has to understand the other side of it is that you might not have everything you need around you if you're that that way, and that that's a little bit of a trade-off. And I I, I wonder if Dak might say. Do I need to be the highest paid quarterback in the league? If Dak would say this, right? Now, his agent might want to say something different (laughs) because the agent's thinking of the next contract for the next quarterback um, that 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 guy has. So, you know, that's where you're in a situation where this thing could take a while. I mean, it took two years to get the first deal done. I can't imagine that this deal will get done by March 13th to start the new league year. You know, it could, I guess, theoretically, but... I just I have a hard time thinking that it can happen. I don't even know what today's date is. The twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Yeah. So what do we got? So two weeks. Two basically. weeks. Like, yeah. I can't imagine that this thing's going to get done in two weeks.
1: We know, Todd. You bring up something interesting because I have this conversation with with Jason Minnick, my partner, who's not here today, but and some listeners as well, and some other folks. That it's just well, Dak's next. You know, he's next, so he automatically is going to make more than Joe Burrow makes. And, and it's just a, a foregone conclusion. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's like I said, that's the way it works, right? I mean, it, it, it's, you know,
0: uh, Herbert in, in the Chargers. I don't think he's won a playoff game. He might have gone to one or two playoffs so far. And he at one point, he became the highest-paid guy, or, or darn near the highest-paid guy. Um, that, that's It's 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 life of, of trying to find the hardest position in sports to play at quarterback and there's only so many of them and, and your your value to a franchise is in infinity and, and that's that that's the hard part and you know you have to weigh from the team's perspective you have to weigh like if, if we're going down this road for another five or six years how do we contend how do we do it and it's one thing to pay. in Dak's 30 and we've known known about the injuries that he's had and he, but he's just had his best season. All of these things to weigh into it makes it a hard answer. And, and look, if they if they sign Dak and they and they don't win a Super Bowl, what's everybody going to say? Why did they pay Dak? Never should have done it. If they don't pay Dak and he goes and wins the Super Bowl somewhere else, what are we all going to say? How can they not pay Dak? <laughs> yes. So you're, you're never going to be right. You can only be wrong in this situation.
1: Well, and and that's a tough situation. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions, Todd, to be honest with you. Todd Archer covers the Dallas Cowboys for ESPN. And Justin Jefferson's name has come up, and I bring this up for a reason, that the Minnesota Vikings seem to be kicking the tires on maybe trading this guy and 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 making somebody else pay that contract. Do you think the Cowboys would make a tough decision like that and maybe think about a C.D. Lamb and dangle him out there? i I know because he I
0: mean he is their offense in many respects, right? I mean look at the the season he had last year, the one hundred and thirty five catches the seventeen hundred yards team record. Now take him off this offense. How good is that uh, How good is the running game? How good is the offensive line like he, to me he's he's a huge part of it and i and I'll use history a little bit too when you when you think of the cowboys and and guys that they've paid right they, they paid De, just recently they paid Des Bryant. Uh, they paid a, a big ticket to get Joey Galloway years ago. They paid Michael Irvin. They paid Terrell Owens. They paid Roy Williams when they traded for him uh, in Detroit. They paid Miles Austin, so they paid receivers. And, and C.D. is right up there with the best of them in this franchise's history. So I, I think of the three guys that we've talked about with Dak and Mike and, and, and C.D., I think that one can get done because you can look and see Tyreek Hill, $30 million, that's the top of the market. C.D.'s X years younger than him, the the numbers that he's put up, what you think he can put up going forward. And if you get that deal done now, you save money against the cap, so you might not have to do some of these things with Dak's contract. There's, To me, I would say the Cowboys would be wise to get that one done first, and there's a, maybe an easier path to get that one done as opposed to Dak's contract. I don't see them
1: dangling him at all. Interesting, interesting. I, I'm surprised that Minnesota's doing that as well, but they, they're in a little bit different situation, I think. Perhaps, anyway. Uh, Stephen also talked about the culture today, was asked about the culture of this football team, and, and, and I've heard that a lot, that maybe the culture is not what it should be, and I think people are a lot of folks are going off of that Green Bay playoff game where uh, Cowboys obviously didn't look very good. Um, what do you make, he, he says there's nothing wrong with it. What do you make of the Cowboys' culture yeah. at this point in time, Todd? I, mean, and I don't want to sound like a homer and, and
0: act like I'm agreeing with him in, in, in that sense, but I'll, I'll say this. Culture and accountability. If we were playing a drinking game this, this offseason, <laughs> we'd be buzzed every single day of the week with how many times <laughs> people brought up those words. It's ridiculous. If the Cowboys had a bad culture, I don't know how they would have won 36 games the last three years. That's my answer to that one. If there was a bad culture, they would not have won 36 games. They would not have made the playoffs three straight years. What it comes down to in the playoffs and what they've not done in the playoffs the last three years is their best players playing their best in the biggest moments. The, the best player the Cowboys had in the Packers game might've been Jake Ferguson. And it was a month and a half ago. So maybe I'm forgetting somebody else, but it was Jake Ferguson. You would say was probably the best Cowboy that day. Michael Gallup might've been number two. That can't happen. Dak has to be one. Micah has to be one. Um, CD has to be one. You know, all your stars have to be those guys, and they weren't against the Packers. I think it comes down more to that than it does to culture and accountability and, and all these buzzwords that, were, that have been created here in, in recent years because I'll go back to it again. If they had a poor culture, if they had no accountability, how are they 12-5 and five every year?
1: Interesting, and I know everybody looks at the playoffs or failures from Dak Prescott and the Cowboys over the years and that's what they all point to and not the regular season. So let me ask you this question then, because I'm of the opinion that the Cowboys' best shot at getting to NFC Championship or a Super Bowl was last year. They had a pretty good path. It seemed like everything was going the right way when the Eagles faltered the way that they did. Todd, I'm of the opinion that you know, you sign Dak, you sign CD, you might even sign Micah at this point. In time there are a lot of holes to fill. That that window is closed a little bit. Yeah, no
0: question. Um, I, I, you know, and, and Dak's going to be a year older. Um, you don't know what's happening in your offensive line. Two fifths of your offensive line they're they're unrestricted free agents. You don't know if Tyron Smith or, or Tyler Biotis will be back. Uh, you have decisions to make on free agency on the defensive side of the ball with. Stephon Gilmore, you got to find linebackers, you got to find some defensive line help. They, they missed the window, and, and and it's almost in a way the 0-7 Cowboys, right? If that to me that still remains the best team the Cowboys have had since I've covered them to not get to an NFC title or a Super Bowl. They had 13 Pro Bowlers. It was Wade Phillips' first year, uh, and, and they lose in the divisional round at home against the Giants, who go on to win the Super Bowl. That was their biggest opportunity missed. This one, to me, is, is right up there with that one because of how everything else had played out for them during that season. with Like you said, Philadelphia falling apart, being the number two seed. You avoided San Francisco until a possible NFC title game. You were going to play two two home games in the playoffs where you were one had won 16 straight. Everything was set up to you, and they just felt flat in their face. And, yeah, I, I, everything about 2024 is always going to be viewed through the eyes of last season and how none of what they do in September, October, November, December, and early January is going to matter. It's going to be everything about the playoffs. In a way, I
1: guess that was what 23 was like as well. Yeah, no, no question about it. Well, Todd, I know you enjoy covering the Cowboys because there's always something to talk about. We enjoy right. covering it well, and, and we enjoy talking to you. Best in the business. Todd Archer covers the Cowboys for ESPN. Appreciate you taking the time today. Appreciate it. Thanks.